Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Appreciate Seth Greenberg from ESPN dropping by on some hoops. Dan Lust on some sports law. Katie Peralta will be with us later this hour. Major League Soccer already has 24 teams actually playing. Already has commitments for five more franchises on the way. The latter two of those being confirmed later this month. That would leave only one spot open in that league's discussed growth to 30 teams. Charlotte wants that spot. David Tepper of your Carolina Panthers is behind that city's bid. Katie Peralta is covering that as a business reporter for the Charlotte Observer. Her work appears in the News and Observer of Raleigh as well. Of course, Raleigh itself joins Charlotte as two of the American cities with the most legitimate chances of landing that 30th MLS franchise. Phoenix wants one, Las Vegas wants one, Detroit wants one, San Diego wants one, Tampa wants one. Charlotte and Raleigh are viewed as legitimate candidates from that group. Remember, St. Louis and Sacramento are expected to be confirmed as number 28 and number 29 a little bit later this month. Katie Peralta live in about 30 minutes. We will take contestants now in the Classic Sports Movie Challenge. I don't blame anybody who waits to hear the audio before they want to dial 1-800-849-2761. I will tell you that at least half of all winners in the history of the Classic Sports Movie Challenge just dial ahead of time and hope that they can guess. In fact, here's a, here's a veteran listener's tidbit or secret, if you will. Dial now, and if you hear the audio and you don't know what it is, just hang up on me. Oh, Before, that's good. Right? Before you get on the air, everybody knows I'm only mean to bad people anyway. I would never embarrass a contestant in the classic sports movie challenge. If you don't know, you don't know. Now, it is one of the 50, 50 sports movies voted as one of the greatest of all time by our statewide audience. It comes around a little bit like Santa Claus only once a year, whereas the fat guy in the funny suit does most of his work in a 24-hour period. The classic sports movie challenge does linger for roughly a month in the history of the David Glenn Show. So if you'd like to be a contestant before you hear the audio, it's 1-800-849-2761. Again, I'm not offended if you hang up before we get you on the air. Darren is queuing up today's classic sports movie. Intern Philip has been given the brutally difficult assignment, and yet he looks at it as a challenge. Given what intern Will did yesterday with the Sandlot, I got feedback from Boone, Asheville, Wilmington, Greenville, Rocky Mount, Fayetteville, Triangle, Triad, and the Queen City of Charlotte bolstering the case for intern Will as like the intern of the year in sports radio. What he did with little known yet fascinating details behind the sandlot, we played the audio, and I think it was Matt in Wilmington who, on a lark, got it right. He's like, I don't deserve this one. I hardly know baseball movies at all. I'm just going to guess the sandlot. He gets his pick from the DG Show prize closet. Someone else will get his or her pick today. Again, dial now or wait for the audio. Darren's queuing it up. Of course, because I haven't screwed this up yet this year, Philip's dazzling details will come only after we identify (laughs) the movie correctly. I have made it through half of today's show without accidentally saying the name of this movie. If you're new to the Classic Sports Movie Challenge, just remember that virtually every sport is well represented. We would never go back-to-back probably with another baseball movie. 
We love Bull Durham. I love Field of Dreams. I love probably another 10 baseball movies to go with the Sandlot. But given that part of the motto with this program is variety is the spice of life, we tend to jump from sport to sport. In fact, we've given the interns more power than ever. They do have to pass our test when they pick a sports movie. But as long as they pick something in the top 50, we turn them loose. Philip will, of course, represent with distinction Appalachian State University here shortly. All right, Darren, are you ready to cue things up? Have you been around long enough to even know what the best movies are in the classic sports movie challenge? Like, again, I'm not going to screw this up and neither are you. I feel like I'm pretty – I don't know that I could off the top of my head name the top 50, but I could get pretty close, I think. I would say, and I know I'm just going to say this is not a football movie, okay? <laughs> like, Waterboy cracked our top 50 in part because David Cutcliffe of Duke. He said it was his Who's a football yeah. coach and it's one of distinction at that. Said it's not only, I think it's his favorite sports movie. Didn't he go beyond favorite football so. movie? I think so. We'll, we'll double check with Coach Cut. I certainly don't want to misrepresent him. If he's listening, just text me, Coach. Was it your favorite football movie, Waterboy with Adam Sandler, or your favorite all-time sports movie? We put that much weight on Coach Cut's opinion about all sorts of things. So, like, Friday Night Lights, I remember, was on that list. Uh, old school North Dallas 40. Do you even know that one? Darren yeah. Vaught? Yep. I've seen it once, maybe twice, Rep- but I'm familiar with representing it. Representing the 20-somethings and 30-somethings, I'm very proud that you know North Dallas 40. That's Nick Nolte. Young, less <laughs> yeah. crazy Nick Nolte. Uh, Brian's song and the connection to Wake Forest football legend Brian Piccolo. I guess Jerry Maguire's a football movie. I guess, yeah. yeah I mean, it's, more than, it's a, he's a sports agent, so it we, qualifies. We as allowed a sports that movie. Remember the Titans with Denzel Washington made the top fifty, and, and a handful of others. Uh, so again, the hint is it's not a football movie today. I already told you we're not going back to back with baseball. Even a lot of hints. We're today. already narrowing the field, right? The lines are full. I think David and Wilmington. We may have back-to-back champions from the Port City, given what Matt did yesterday. David will get the first shot, but I encourage Peter, Freddie, and Ryan to hang in there because you only get one shot. This is not the Santa Claus DG, oh, let me coach you into the right answer. No, you get one shot, and then we're on to the next person. Hopefully you can win another time. All right, Darren, without further ado, please cue up today's classic sports movie challenge. Remember, if you don't win today... We do feature, not every day, but many shows in the state of July, the world-famous Classic Sports Movie Challenge. Hang around for after the audio to get Philip from Appalachian State's dazzling details, little-known stuff that you thought this you knew this movie through and through, as I think I do know this movie through, through and through. Philip is going to dazzle even me, and I consider this one of my favorite sports movies of all time. Go ahead, Darren Vaught, and then we'll get to the phone calls, and then we'll get to Philip here on the David Glenn Show. He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on its feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left, and he's got a... Looks like he's got about an eight iron. This crowd has gone deadly silent. Cinderella story, out of nowhere. A former greenskeeper now about to become the Masters champion. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! 
All right, I think I know this one. In fact, if you're a longtime listener to The David Glenn Show, and I know we have new listeners every single day, you know my favorite part about that, Darren? That makes up for the people who every single day say, DG, I'm never going to listen to you again. <laughs> as long as we have new ones in larger numbers than the guys who say, DG, because of that, I'll never listen to you again. You know how that works, Darren. The numbers keep growing. 32 years later, we have an unprecedented track record of 32 straight years of growth. We are going to come to the phone lines. There's no way, Dave, like if you're an American, my mom is the least sports-minded person that I know, and she's been around for 70-plus years at this point. I think she would have won this classic sports movie challenge, right? Darren, who's the least sports-minded person in your universe? Uh, that's a good question. I have a lot of non-sports-minded friends. Any supermodels you've dated lately that you'd like to <laughs> no, name not, and, not, and elaborate on her personality? Not lately, okay. no. Uh, would that person, whoever it is, undefined and unnamed, would that person be able to identify this movie that David and Wilmington is about to name and you are not going to say the name out loud? Maybe. Maybe? It's, it's probably a 50-50, which now is pretty a, good for a non-sports. thing, though, yeah, right? It is. Okay. It is. So, like, a non-sports-minded person uh, that's a little bit older, I think this is a little bit more in the, the universal the, the vernacular. All right. Your age or older must get this right. For sure. Okay. For sure. Let's give David and Wilmington the first shot. David, for the win, can you name that classic sports movie? I mean, it's Caddyshack. Of course right. it is. Of course it is. I still have that. I can't even feel my arms. Now, Darren, do you know, David, is that your favorite scene? The, the Bill Murray as Carl Backler, you know, going. I, I, I would definitely say that. I mean, as soon as it started playing, I mean, that's what hit in my mind. So, absolutely. Darren, would it shock you as someone who's known me for four years? I've got that, yours queued up. Do you know <laughs> what my favorite line in the whole movie is? Do you? Go ahead. I bet you got a lot of nice ties. What do you mean? You want to tie me up with some of your ties? Ties? You want to tie me up with some of your ties, Ty? I know. I, I really do. I try to suppress that <laughs> tiny, deviant corner of my personality. I do. But who couldn't like that lacy underall in the movie Caddyshack from way back when? Mischievous, yet curious, like some in intellectual curiosity to Lacey. The combination there, and you know that I once knew a Storm Squad member, Darren, who allowed us to call her Lacey Underall and did not take it as an insult. Was she my favorite Storm Squad member in the history of the Carolina Hurricanes? Indeed she was, and still is to this day, because she has a sense of humor, and she's not politically correct, and she had a little fun, because guess what, Darren? Her name's Lacey, she's beautiful, she's fun, and people who love Caddyshack would often ask her if she knew the character Lacey Underall in the movie Caddyshack, even though Caddyshack was made when I was a little kid, which means it was made long before Lacey, our Lacey, was even born. Do you know that Lacey, by the way? Storm Squad Lacey? No, I don't think so. I, I am not kidding you. Maybe I shouldn't even say this out loud for security <laughs> reasons. Let me, I'll put it this way. She nowadays, long after her Storm Squad career came to an end, I'll just say that she works nearby. In so a, I got that going. We do have that going for us, which is nice. She works nearby. Are you are you not are you kidding me that you don't know? I know, I don't think I know her. Oh my gosh. If if we don't talk enough. <laughs>
I, how could I let that slip through the cracks? My favorite Storm Squad member ever live, or works really, really close by. I, I wish I could say more, but, you know, again, for security reasons, I can't. <laughs> it's Ca- Caddyshack is the movie. We have back-to-back winners in the classic sports movie challenge. I think 99% of our audience would have gotten Caddyshack. I think so. I think 95% of our audience would have gotten Sandlot yesterday. You with me on that? Yeah. And we didn't ask the interns. High marks. We didn't ask them to make it difficult. Yeah. We just asked them to dazzle us with details because I'm a little bit loopy just thinking about Storm Squad Lacey and Lacey Underall. And would you like to tie me up with your ties, Ty? I'm a little distracted, Darren, so I apologize. We're going to have to ask Philip from App State to give us the dazzling details on the other side. The guy has enough pressure on him following intern Will from yesterday. Now I'm confused because Lacey's on my mind. I might walk down the hall across the parking lot and just say hi to Lacey. I haven't said hi to her for a while. Maybe I'll do that during the commercial break. Lacey Underall, perhaps not the most central figure in the movie Caddyshack. That would be some combination of Chevy Chase as Ty Webb, Rodney Dangerfield as the unforgettable Al Cervic. Can you see his golf bag in the middle of the fairway while he plays loud, famous songs? To the dismay of Ted Knight as Judge Smales. Can you picture that? Great songs. Every single time a certain Journey song comes on, my wife, the lovely and talented Maria, says to me, DG, isn't that the song that uh, that Rodney Dangerfield plays in the middle of the fairway in the movie Caddyshack? Indeed it is. Bill Murray is Carl Spackler, of course, about as unforgettable as it gets. For the record, it was the actress Cindy Morgan who played the second most fav- famous Lacey in my personal world, that would be Lacey Underall from the movie Caddyshack from many years ago. It was made in 1980, Caddyshack. So I was a kid. I was allowed to watch it, and I'm glad all these years later that it hit my radar that early in life. So many life lessons there in Caddyshack, all waiting to be learned by you. On the other side, Philip from App State will dazzle us with little-known yet often fascinating details about a movie, classic sports movie, that you think you know well. Philip, then the MLS might be coming to North Carolina, and your calls too, 1-800-849-2761 on The David Glenn Show. It's in the hole! Mike Krzyzewski joining us. We asked folks who work with at Duke if you've changed or mellowed over the years. Well, you know, mellow is having a glass of wine and looking over, you know, the sunset, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't see how you can be mellow and coach a game. That can't happen. If it does, then you shouldn't be coaching. Keep it here on The David Glenn Show. show quick programming note if at any point darren we can make sure that our statewide sports fan audience across north carolina has anything measurably close to the amount of fun that we often have during commercial breaks we're really doing our jobs you think you agree (laughs) yeah that's got to be one of our goals People, I think, probably would say they hear me laugh on the air a lot. It's nothing. No, it's not. Nothing compared to what well, happens. Well, when they break. start televising this bad boy, we're going to have to sort of, uh, I don't know, smooth out some rough edges. It may be a little <laughs> less fun, actually, at that point. But we'll try to get as, th- as much through the censors as we can. We have the classic sports movie challenge in the book. Yesterday, The Sandlot. Today, it was, of course, The Immortal Caddyshack. Intern Philip, representing Appalachian State University, University with distinction as 
always, has been tasked with digging out as many little-known yet hopefully fascinating details. He's, his job is to dazzle us with Caddyshack details. You might feel like you're like me. You know that, in, that movie Inside, Outside, Upside, Downside. Yesterday, intern Will told me a lot I didn't know about The Sandlot, and I love that movie as well. Intern Philip has joined me in studio. We are going to have the MLS in North Carolina update from Katie Peralta of the Charlotte Observer a little bit later this hour. Charlotte and Raleigh are two of about a half a dozen legitimate candidates to become MLS franchise number 30. And David Tepper of your Carolina Panthers in the NFL has thrown his weight and money and stadium behind the Charlotte bid. Katie, later this hour, intern Philip joins us now. Welcome to the David Glenn Show, Philip. Uh, when did you come upon the movie Caddyshack, given that it was made in 1980 and you were not even a sparkle in anybody's <laughs> eye at that point? Correct. Yeah, I watched Caddyshack a couple of nights ago for the second or third time. I'd seen it. First time I saw it was probably five or six years ago, but um, realized initially early on the movie, it's not like normal sports movies. You know, <laughs> no. you don't get that warm, fuzzy feeling you're getting if you're watching Remember the Titans and they're bringing home the state championship, <laughs> you know? So uh, it's, it's definitely one of those where you're going to get a good laugh for sure, but it's not the chicken soup for the sports soul, as look, you mentioned look earlier. At, look at um, Philip go. But one interesting thing I saw on Caddyshack is my first interesting fact. The director's cut of this movie is four and a half hours long, Ooh. which is three hours longer than the initial original cut of the movie. Uh, original runtime was an hour and 38 minutes. But I'm thinking you can't, put, you can't extend Remember the Titans to four hours long. Probably you could, not. You can add enough comedy in with Bill Murray yes. and Rodney Dangerfield and Chevy Chase. With those guys on set, you can make it a four-hour-long director's well, cut. You know, fun fact number one is pretty dazzling in terms of details. I did not know that. Do we have any idea? Like, I personally, I'm a consumer. I'd pay for all 4.5 yep. hours of Right? Of Does that exist shack? somewhere? Like, it has to exist, doesn't it? Somebody didn't let that rot away in a basement somewhere. I would pay for the uncut four and a half hours of Caddyshack. How many other millions of people would probably also pay for that? Do you have any idea? I, I, don't, I don't know. It's got to exist. We'll find out after Philip gets through his dazzling details on the movie Caddyshack. What do we have for number two? Number two, Tiger Woods, who has notoriously said that Caddyshack is his favorite movie of all time. Ooh. Some of you all might know that. Uh, he played the role of Carl Spackler in a credit card commercial doing that same Cinderella boy bit, that famous scene from the movie. He played that role in a, in a credit card commercial. I thought that was, that was pretty funny. I'd never seen the commercial. I don't remember that commercial, but I, I would pay to see that. That's got to be on YouTube all these years later, right? I'm sure it is. Oh, my gosh. Tiger Woods, probably very young before he mm -hmm. became the endorsement superstar. Uh, Tiger Woods as Carl Spackler, also worth the price of admission, also a dazzling detail from intern Philip. I don't want to rush you to number three, but if you're Confirmed, ready for number Confirmed, it is on YouTube. It is? Yeah. All right. I don't want to ignore I just Philip. He's on Tiger number three. Woods Caddyshack, and All it's right. pretty easily found. I'm going to search that while Philip is moving on, <laughs> either finishing number two or moving on yeah. to number three. Yeah, so number three, the final scene of, of the movie where Spackler blows up the the course hunting for the gopher that was charged to him uh, early in the movie um, those explosives were forbidden by the real golf course club owners 
when filmmakers were discussing the movie parameters early on, the movie makers, the producers, took the liberty to take the owners of that same golf club out to lunch one day <laughs> while the producers filmed that very scene with very real explosive, and I say very real explosives, because the Fort Lauderdale Airport, probably about 30 minutes outside of where the, the, the film was shot in Florida, thought there was a legitimate plane crash, and the airport notified air traffic control <laughs> of that supposed crash. Hey, check me, check me if I'm wrong here, Sandy, but uh, if I kill all the golfers, they'll uh, lock me up and throw away the key, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think explosives were involved in that, right? My accent's not quite yeah. on it, but I think I it's got the close. words right. Close enough. <laughs> Dazzling detail number four from intern Philip on the classic sports movie Caddyshack. So Bill Murray, this was his first real shot at the silver screen had 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 done a lot of stand-up and snl improv stuff uh, but he filmed with the movie for six days and all of his lines were improvised which is legendary that in is and of insane. itself that's insane and just six days i can't believe that the, the movie itself was shot in 11 weeks which is a point to yesterday too sandlot was a was pretty short as well um but bill murray with the Dalai Lama speech, y'all might remember that. I think we have the audio of that. But the Dalai Lama himself actually was interviewed by the media and refuted Carl's claim in the movie that he caddied for him. And furthermore, he said he'd never seen the movie, nor has he ever played the game of golf. I usually like things that I hear from the Dalai Lama. I'm a little bit disappointed to hear that. <laughs> Darren, do you have that uh, piece of audio ready to go? I, I actually could probably give you... That some version of, you know, big hitter, the llama. Uh, some version of that, but since we have the authentic audio, let's just go to that. So I jump ship in Hong Kong, and I make my way over to Tibet, and I get on as a looper at a course over there in Himalayas. A looper? A looper. You know, a caddy, a looper. Jack. So I tell him I'm a pro Jack, and who do you think they give me? The Dalai Lama himself. Twelfth son of the Lama. Yeah. The flowing robes, the grace, bald. <sighs> Striking. So I'm on a first tee. What am I giving the driver? He hauls off and whacks one. Big hitter. The Lama. Big hitter, the Lama. Long. Into a 10,000 foot crevice right at the base of this glacier. Do you know what the Lama says? No. Gunga Galunga. Gunga Gunga Galunga. <laughs> so we finish 18. And he's going to stiff me. And I say, hey, Lama, hey, how about a little something, you know? For the effort. For the effort, you know. And he says, oh, uh, there won't be any money. But when, but you, when die, you die, on your, on your deathbed, you will, you will receive, receive total, total consciousness. consciousness. Mm -hmm. So I got so I that, that going. going for you. Which is Which nice. Is nice. Intern Philip, that is a dazzling detail, complete with like Jeopardy style audio daily double bonus coverage. <laughs> Let's have dazzling detail number five. So y'all all probably remember the Baby Ruth prank, the candy bar in the yes. swimming pool yes. at the at the golf course with all the caddies. That prank actually happened in real life. It was Bill Murray. Actually, a lot of the movie is based on Bill Murray's time as a caddy. <laughs> of course. Um, but... That's a that's a prank him and his high school buddies pulled at his <laughs> pool in his hometown. Everybody just has to picture 
a brownish-colored log-shaped something floating in the nearby pool. There is a comedic aspect of that. It was extrapolated in the movie Caddyshack. Before Philip moves on to his next dazzling detail, I would like to request, Darren, because you're better at these things than I, please tweet and you know give intern Philip a shout-out for his wonderful work today, filling in admirably after intern Will set the bar yesterday on the Sandlot. Tweet the young Tiger Woods as Carl Spackler oh, one-minute-long yeah. YouTube video. I mean, I could do that. I, ha- I have, man. I've been working out. I've been exercising, right? I have been s- just fiddling with my technological abilities, and I've gotten to the point where I could do that. I'm really proud of that. Add a little commentary, but we cannot deprive our statewide audience of just a very easy click. Ca- Tiger Woods as Carl Spackler had my interest peaked. So let's do the, a good public service today by posting that whenever Philip is done or shortly thereafter. All right, so we're through five. Got a it, couple more. Dazzling detail number six on the classic sports movie Caddyshack. So I think this kind of goes without saying with the cast members being the Dangerfield, uh, Murray, Chevy Chase, as I mentioned before. But this cast was often late to shooting due to partying mm. a lot. Um, and in addition to that, Hurricane David came through Florida, a really severe tropical storm, while they were shooting in 1979. And the cast members threw a huge party at their hotel in in suspense of them coming back to shoot the rest of the film. And I'm not sure how long that that hurricane lasted w- when it was coming through, but it seems like that hotel was probably pretty trashed after that. Is, is dazzling detail number seven. And by the way, that hotel, if I remember correctly, is in Boca Raton, Florida. I lived three years of my life in Florida. And just as, like, I guess I'm a Caddyshack groupie, I came across somebody who was so proud that their family's cl- country club or whatever was originally the country club that most of the movie or all of the movie, I guess, was shot. I don't know if that's where the parties were mm-hmm. when Bill Murray and them were staying up late at night and sometimes, you know, missing early shooting in the process. But I believe it was the Boca, Ho- Boca Raton Hotel and Golf Club in Boca Raton, Florida. Does Todd in Virginia, did he get married at that same place? Like, I mean, we've had a Jeopardy-style audio daily double. We've had Carl Spackler. We've had Tiger Woods. If Todd in Virginia had his wedding reception at the same place where Caddyshack was shot. Unless intern Philip has an objection, and frankly, the interns are this powerful at this point. You're okay, Philip? All right, Philip says it's okay. My name's still on the show, magically, but the interns are gaining ground quickly. Todd in Virginia, how did you pick your place for a wedding reception, and what does it have to do with the crazy conversation we're having right now? Well, you know, as soon as you had that contest, I knew exactly what it was. And, you know, uh, in 97, I got married down in Florida, and I was looking, we were looking for a reception place, and I found it because I knew it was from there. I didn't tell my now ex-wife where we were going, <laughs> uh, but every guy, including my best man, got to do a free round of golf with me on that course, <laughs> knew exactly where we were. It was the most awesome thing. It was, it was wicked cool. And actually swam in that pool uh, that was there, and I'm like, watch out for the poop, dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, tell me this, Todd. You just volunteered it, so I have to ask a follow-up question. You kept it from your now ex-wife that this was the Caddyshack place? Out of Was it out of fear that she might veto it? That's correct. Oh, jeez. 
She's actually vetoed a lot of things, like my middle son I wanted to name Anakin. Somehow I was able to slip my youngest son, Tim Tebow. So, yeah, um, <laughs> she did not know about the golf course being Caddyshack. Well, I do not want to make fun at all of any marital problems, but uh, it, it is interesting that she, somebody who would have vetoed Caddyshack's country club as the wedding reception site for me, that had been a red flag. Right, like Todd in Virginia just kind of went, kept going, kept it from her, and wasn't concerned about her reaction. Uh, thank you for contributing. That is truly a valuable addition to today's show. Anything else to add there? Is F intern Philip back on stage? All right, intern Philip is back with dazzling detail number seven. Uh, clearly, Darren Vaught, he knows the DG show rule that if you have something to add, you have a moral and ethical obligation to call. We don't know Todd in Virginia, best I know. That's not like an old friend of ours. He just had a – it was in his wheelhouse. He had to share it. Moral and ethical duty. God bless America. Intern Philip with dazzling Caddyshack detail number seven. So Rodney Dangerfield, again, an up-and-coming star, had, had not really been on the movie screen yet. He did a lot on The Tonight Show and, and late-night shows of that nature. But he left his audition – for Al, is it Chervik? Cervik, yeah. Cervik. Uh, feeling as if he got, got no respect, <laughs> as it were. And because no one laughed at his jokes, he didn't understand that they couldn't laugh while he was doing it, while they were shooting it, because it would ruin the take. Uh, but directors reassured him that if they laughed, it would ruin the take. He was doing a good job. Because I was like 12 years old when Caddyshack came out, I could verify that I had never seen Rodney Dangerfield in any movie-like setting. And I don't believe he did anything that was well-known prior to Caddyshack. Now, he was that comedian. He was famous for the whole no-respect shtick. But, like, if you've ever seen Back to School, Rodney Dangerfield, that was, like, you know, many years after Caddyshack. And he's gone on to do a lot of other things. But that was his splash his original splash on the silver screen. That is really well done by intern Philip. man. The bar is set in a high place. Any, I don't want to cut you short. Are you all good? Uh, I, I like Caddyshack more now, and not just because Lacey Underall works right down the hallway. I, I like it more now than I liked it yesterday and than I liked it when it came out in 1980 and I was 12 years old. Well done, intern Philip, following capably in the shoe steps or the footsteps of intern Will yesterday. The Sandlot was yesterday. Caddyshack was today. Who's next up? Do we know? What intern's on the hot seat? Uh, it's TBD. TBD? TBA? Yeah. Uh, the state of North Carolina <laughs> sports fans are teeming with anticipation at that announcement, Darren. Maybe we can keep it secret prior to tomorrow's classic sports movie challenge. It is no secret that our next guest is Katie Peralta of the Charlotte Observer. She is an outstanding business reporter. Her work also appears in the News and Observer of Raleigh, among other places. She is covering the pursuit of Major League Soccer by the great state of North Carolina. Here in Raleigh, Steve Malik, among others, is behind the suggestion to build a new downtown stadium as part of the lore for an MLS expansion franchise. David Tepper says, hey, I'm one step up on that. I'll just let you use Bank of America Stadium. And I've got a lot of money, too, probably a lot more than those people in Raleigh. Katie Peralta, on our state's chances of getting the MLS and how do we stack up against others as at least a half a dozen major cities hope to become MLS franchise number 30. Remember, 24 teams are playing now. 
but five more franchises have already either been announced firmly or are expected to be confirmed soon. That leaves just one in the MLS 30 number, even though, of course, they could go beyond 30 at some point a little bit further down the road. Katie Peralta with that Major League Soccer update next on the David Glenn Show. Ruffin McNeil, welcome back. I know we'll always be a huge part of you and your family. You know, this will be my last coaching stop. After this, yeah, maybe join you on a radio show or Amen. do some of that. Yeah. We'll, but, be, we'll uh, be doing some remote shows from your boat in the middle of the Caribbean somewhere <laughs> if I have my way. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. Quick summary as we bring in Katie Peralta on Major League Soccer. Coming to North Carolina, maybe. Charlotte, maybe. Raleigh, maybe. They're two of about a half a dozen legitimate candidates to become MLS team number 30. As we bring in Katie from the Charlotte Observer, I see her stuff in the News and Observer of Raleigh as well. Keep in mind, 15 years ago, the MLS had only 10 franchises. A little earlier than that, it wasn't even clear that it was going to be a successful economic model. There are now 24 teams playing. Many of them are filling the stadium, getting okay TV ratings, but especially as a spectator sport, the MLS is light years ahead of where it was just a couple of decades ago. We already know that Miami and Nashville will make it 26 teams starting next year. We already know that Austin, Texas will be number 27. And we expect later this month at the MLS All-Star Game on July 31st, first, we expect St. Louis and Sacramento to be confirmed as number 28 and number 29. The latest expansion fee is $200 million for these new teams, and that is the cauldron into which David Tepper, Panthers owner, jumps in for the Charlotte point of view, Steve Malik and others here in Raleigh. Katie Peralta, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. What happened? We know the MLS wants to see a ready-made stadium for soccer purposes, and we know they want to see passion for soccer backed up by some evidence at least. Where do those things stand now that David Tepper has thrown his money and weight behind Charlotte's bid for an MLS franchise? So he has made clear from basically day one as owner that he wanted to to bring an MLS team to Charlotte. And those efforts have really accelerated since he brought on uh, Tom Glick in December to be the company or to be the Panthers uh, president. Now, Tom helped to land New York City an MLS team about four years ago. So he's clearly got experience in this arena. Um, I think so. If you remember, like two years ago when Marcus Smith was trying to bring the MLS to Charlotte, there was a pretty significant um ask of taxpayer funds right. to, um, you know, redo Memorial Stadium for a soccer-specific facility for an MLS team. Um, he obviously doesn't, you know, he doesn't have the net worth of David Tepper, who's worth, I think, $12 billion or something like that. Um, so Tepper is instead looking to, um, you know, find a multi, multi-purpose use for Bank of America Stadium. And that's, that's really not unheard of in the MLS. Um, New England team plays where the Patriots play the, you know, Atlanta United plays where the Falcons play and the brand new Mercedes Benz uh, stadium. So it's, it's not unheard of to, to have um, NFL teams and MLS teams in one stadium. And then what's, what's sort of different now is Tepper is um, 
trying to convince the league that he's fully confident that not only can this facility be sort of, um, you know, given a makeover of sorts, you know, it can get a little fancied up a bit to accommodate MLS and in a soccer-specific way, but that he can also fit more than the typical 20 or 30,000 fans uh, in the in the seats for each game. Um, now, they're, they're pointing to numbers like 50,000-plus for some games. I think, um, you know, rivalries with Atlanta and perhaps Nashville and D.C. could help to even drive those ticket sales uh, further, given the sort of city competition already built in there. Um, so looking to some soccer events that have already taken place in the stadium, for instance, like the ICC games, the Gold Cups games, which have had, um, you know, drawn massive numbers to the stadium. They're, they're trying to prove that, yes, there is an appetite for uh, MLS soccer in Charlotte, and here's, here's the proof of it. Katie Peralta is joining us. Find her work at charlotteobserver.com. You can also follow her on Twitter, at Katie Peralta. She's been reporting on, among other things, as she mentioned, Tom Glick of the Panthers and the owner, David Tepper, meeting with MLS officials and pointing to the ready-made stadium and even pointing to some other research. I saw in your article, the Panthers football team send to season ticket holders a, a survey, probably asking about a whole bunch of things, but one of them was specifically related to soccer and specifically related to what happens if Charlotte draws an MLS expansion franchise. What was that feedback? Because if that feedback is believable, I'd have to imagine that that would be another thing that pushes the Charlotte bid a little bit up the ladder among cities still bidding for that. Yeah, so what executives tell us is that there there's certainly interest in and uh, deep demand for an MLS team already among Panthers season ticket holders. There's not any firm letter of commitment from these ticket holders yet or anything like that, but they've received something like 30,000 fans saying that they would purchase season ticket holders or something like that. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's not including like the the individual tickets and the corporate or group ticket sales, which they say would add another 50% or so onto that number. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty large figure. And they say that it's an impressive one to the MLS. So um, again, these are not commitments quite yet, but they are certainly, um, shall we say, uh, talking points, uh, you know, interest points for the MLS. Um, Aside from just the season ticket holders, um, like the, the ticketing information or the ticketing interest. There's also some stuff in the survey, I think, which was sent out maybe a few months ago about upgrades at Bank of America Stadium. Um, they've talked about adding, like, you know, field level suites, kind of uh, fancying up some of the um, existing premium seating within the stadium. Um, it seems as if some stadiums are going smaller. In other words, the 75,000 seats might not be uh, what we see going forward. Maybe it's something more like 60,000. I, yeah. I guess they could tear out some seats. Uh, they could also look to add um, more, you know, corporate suites or corporate, uh, you know, lounge areas. Um, those kind of, those kind of things actually are more profitable for the team. Um, you could, you could have areas that are sponsored by certain groups, things like that. Um, none of this is set in stone and the team wouldn't commit to or comment on anything specific um, but it was all stuff that was sort of suggested in the survey um, that they sent out a while ago. So bottom line, they say that there's a lot of interest among uh, Panther fans in, in bringing an MLS to this facility and also to, you know, supporting the team once it comes here. 
I don't think this is part of your reporting, but I wonder if you have uh, just encountered any feedback along these lines. Common sense tells us that if the MLS comes to North Carolina, it's not like we're going to get one in Raleigh and one in Charlotte. I mean, to a large degree, they are competing bids. Uh, is Raleigh off their radar, David Tepper and the city of Charlotte, because there is no ready-made stadium? There's not quite the deep pockets that you just described there monetarily. Uh, are they ignoring Raleigh? Do you know if there's communications with Raleigh? Because I think most in our state just want to get an MLS franchise if they're soccer fans. But, uh, of course, most of those same folks would rather it be closer to wherever they live in our statewide audience. Yeah, exactly. I don't. Um, I honestly don't know what the MLS thinks of Raleigh or how serious um, Steve Malik or um, I'm, I'm blanking on the other guy's name. Um, how serious their bid is at this point, but I do know that they have lost a little bit of momentum since they've encountered some challenges with uh, the funding part of their stadium yeah. plan. I think at this point they're trying to um, get like matching funds from the county for this other massive development that they're proposing, but they're also competing with. Um, funding for certain art museums. So it's the funding portion is not a done deal, and that's a huge part of it. That's obviously what caused the downfall of Charlotte's bid two years ago. We couldn't get the you know the funding part secured. So that's kind of half the battle. Um, so it seems like they have lost a lot of steam. And um, in talking with um, one Raleigh reporter recently, they were saying that the chances have, have kind of dwindled um, in terms of what the MLS yeah, bid odds look like they have to have a stadium and they don't have one and david tepper saying hey we have our stadium right here and we'll spruce it up for you and we reportedly exactly. have those thirty thousand panthers fans saying hey yeah we'd buy season tickets to the soccer team as well it's really good stuff katie thank you for your time today on the david glenn show yeah thanks so much for having me you got to find her work at charlotteobserver.com i've also seen her work in the news and observer of Raleigh, at Katie Peralta on Twitter. We have final thoughts and TV picks as we come down the stretch next. UNC coach Roy Williams is joining us. You are uncomfortable with your name in the same sentence as Dean Smith. I know that I will never be as good as he was in, in any way. Yet when I hear people say those things, yeah, those things are pretty neat. But I try to make sure that's about as far as I go. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. We are coming down the stretch on today's program. And down the stretch they come. A quick hockey update. Carolina Hurricanes tough guy Michael Furland has found his money. As expected, it is not here. Four years, $14 million. He is now a member of the Vancouver Canucks as that announcement came out just within the last 30 minutes or so. The thank yous today, Darren. Of course, you always as the producer of the show. Let's see. Seth Greenberg, Dan Lust, sports attorney, was a lot of fun. Katie Peralta of the Charlotte Observer. We cannot forget intern Philip and his Caddyshack brilliance. And with that in mind, we might as well throw in a thanks to Dalai Lama, Carl Spackler, Lacey Underall, and for one not-so-good reason, retired Storm Squad legend Storm Squad Lacey, in a, her own way, making an appearance on today's program. You have a AAA All-Star game tonight. You have the ESPYs at 8 on ABC, and that's about it. See you tomorrow on The David Glenn Show. Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. 
The David Glenn Show.